And welcome back to another preview podcast on Code with Kingy, where this time around I'm sharing the mic with a Hibs rugby legend and Nick Hegarty to discuss what we think will happen over the course of round two in Super Rugby Aotearoa in 2021. Enjoy. All right, well, Namahi Nick. Uh, appreciate you joining me for the second round of Super Rugby Aotearoa in 2021 um, with helping me preview and then recap it um, come the end of the weekend. Uh, I guess I'll kick things off uh, at your end, bro. Like, what did you make of our first weekend of Super Rugby in 2021, and what were some of the highlights and lowlights for you? Man, Jordan, good to be here. Thanks for having me again. Yeah, uh, definitely an interesting, interesting first round. I thought I thought it was pretty predictable with the Highlanders and Crusaders. Crusaders were always going to be too good. The setup they have down there and the um, culture that they've built down there is kind of based, you know, it, it's it's very similar to the All Blacks kind of mentality. Um, so they're definitely going to be hard to beat um, throughout this comp. Hurricanes were unlucky, but, you know, yeah, show, showed, you know, there's some um, individual performances in there that you could be like, shit, this guy's, he's, he's going to be exciting to watch. So, yeah. Some close, yeah, pretty close games, and overall, pretty enjoyable to have Super Rugby Aotearoa back. Yeah, hundred percent, bro. I think like just building off what you've said, I think the fact that we had two relatively close games. Um, not to say that the Highlanders really looked a sniff at winning it, but the fact that they were in it rather than getting a hiding. Although I did mention on my recap last week that I thought that had the Crusaders kept their discipline in check. I think that game might have turned a lot uglier, considering how well the yeah the Red and Blacks were executing um, in that first half before Ethan Blackhead went to the bin. And then, yeah, for the Hurricanes, of course, being a hometown boy, I was hoping that they'd get up um, at the Caked Inn, but I'd also predicted that the Blues would get up just because of the depth that I think they have um, at their disposal this year. And I think, like you said, in terms of individual performances, um, none of that was probably bigger than you know the likes of Akiri Iwani. I guess, like, for him, like, what epitomised his performance was and he gave Artie an eat hand, which is, like, a once-in-a-blue-moon occurrence, but I don't think I've ever seen that happen, actually. So, yeah, like you mm. mentioned, I think all in all, I think we're in for a big year, albeit if the Chiefs, you know, I guess they're the ones that everyone's going to be looking to watch, but I guess at the end of the day, you know, like, I guess they did hit rock bottom um, with losing their eighth consecutive game last year, and I guess for them... And I guess even expectation-wise, you know, they can only go up off the back of what happened last year. And hopefully with having um some sort of off-season under their belt and then having the first week to look over how the referees were interpreting the games, especially with their offside line, I, I guess they're a lot stricter um, coming into this competition um, than what they were perhaps last year. And then even looking at the four teams and how they were um, playing tactically and then having that sort of homework up their sleeves to prepare for them should hopefully bode well but we're all into the first game which is on Friday night uh, the Chiefs playing the Highlanders at FMG and Waikato now unfortunately we're not going to have any fans in the aftermath of having the alert level restrictions um, raised up a notch so the rest of the country being at level 2 and Auckland being at level 3 but 
Yeah, as, as I just touched on with the Chiefs, they're riding a nine-game losing streak. So they lost the eight games last year in Super Rugby Aotearoa, and then they obviously lost that game on the Huda to the Hurricanes in the pre-COVID competition. But they're back at home, and yeah, even though they're not going to have any fans, I, I'm guessing that will be a bit of an added boost for them, given that they'll be training there all week and they won't have to account for any travel. But, you know, among the multitude of things that went wrong for the, the Mulu men last year, what do you think is going to be a key area for them going into Friday and then for the season as a whole? Yeah, well, I've, I was watching the, the Chiefs pre-season game, so um, they did the game of three halves, and then i seen them on TV as well um, in pre-season, and they've, I think they've managed to win most of their pre-season games. It will be at, you know, probably 12-5 or whatever in these three games and, and, one, and one or whatever it is called. But they 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 were they they've won most of the games, so you know you got to take something away from that, and that's a bit of confidence. So um, they will definitely um, you know uh, they must have a different um, aura about them this year. I think you know just on the uh, basis of that, I've seen the team that they named uh, today, and um, they've got a mix of you know youth and experience in there. I think Luke Jacobson coming back this year will be a huge asset. And also Bryn Gatlin starting at 10, which, you know, uh, this time last year, he hit the winning drop goal for the Highlanders in full time. So, hey, does he do that again this this year? But for the Chiefs. I guess we'll just have happens. to, <laughs> really just to see how it all unfolds. Um, I guess for me, like looking at the Chiefs, Obviously, like a, a big, there's well, there was a big question mark about who was going to fill the boots at Cruden, um, considering how great a job I thought that he did last year, um, when he had, um, his minutes in the pivot role, um, obviously with the signing of Bryn Gatlin, he was always going to be the one earmarked to have the starting jersey, perhaps ahead of someone like a Caleb Trask. So, I feel like he has shown an ability, um, to have the right tools and the right composure to play at the Super Rugby level. It's more so just getting consistent game times and staying injury-free. And yeah, like you mentioned with Luke Jacobson, I think like it's been good to see him back. Uh, obviously, he had his troubles with his head knocks last year um, and then missing out on the World Cup squad the year prior. So, I mean, he'll only add to their stocks of loose forwards. And then even someone like Tupo Vaya, who came into the All Blacks squad uh, and was he was picked out of surprise. I don't think anyone saw that selection coming, but I think that he'll be a better player. I'm um, having spent all that time in the All Blacks environment, but yeah, I I guess the thing for me is that I think if the Chiefs forward pack can get any sort of parity with the likes of the Blues and the Crusaders, and even get up on the Canes and the Highlanders, and then let their backs have a bit of front football, I think they'll be quite dangerous. Um, but yeah, I guess we'll just have to wait and see because it was something that I was expecting um from them you know, week after week after week last year, but they just weren't able to tick that box. So, yeah, yeah it's, again, it's like the, the only way is up for them, eh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, definitely, I think they're going to be better than they are last, they were last year. I don't know who's start like, I don't know who this guy, um, Sammy Penny Finau, who's starting at six. I'm just looking at the team now. Mm. Um, I've seen him in preseason. He's a big dude, but I don't know where he's come from. And, and they've also got Jonah Lowe starting on the wing. So, He's just, you know, been unlucky being with the Canes behind the backlog of awesome wingers that they have they've there. So um it'll be really exciting to see how they go. Yeah, that was an interesting selection. I I would have thought they'd go for perhaps someone like a Sean Stevenson or perhaps keep Sean Wainu on the wing, but 
Wainu has obviously made the the shift inwards um, during the preseason and has earned himself a starting gig. But yeah, and then even like the the fact that Quintu Pai has been sort of um, shunned out of the twenty three as a whole. Now I, I thought that he had um, his troubles on defence last year, and I mean I've been a relatively big advocate for Alex Nankerville. While he maybe doesn't offer the same X factor on attack, I just felt like he was more of a a defensive-minded player that, I guess, matched up with Antolina Brown um, quite nicely. But, yeah, I'm going to be interested to see how that one-two punch in the midfield goes with having guys that are of a similar mould, you know, in terms of, like, getting the ball up. And, yeah, I mean, obviously, why know he's done the job on defence um, there for them in the preseason, and hence the reason why he's starting on Saturday. But rolling over to the Highlanders, though, um, I mean, off the back of what we saw on Friday night, um, obviously, it was always going to be a tough task competing with that tight five that the Crusaders have and even the boys they have coming off their bench, but they had a lot of possession, and they only came away with two tries, and that was in the first half of their clash last week, pretty much when they were when they had the numerical advantage. So um, I'm not sure like how much credit should go to the Crusaders' defence or of the Highlanders' lack of execution, but you know, like going into this week, you know, as a team, you can only really control what you can do. So. What would you like to see from the Southerners um, with their attack? Like, would you like them to, I guess, keep trucking away with their rolling more because, I guess, the Crusaders are so good at defending it? Or would you like to see something different? Mm, I think they're going to have to take them up front. Type five is where they're going to have to do it. Highlanders have big issues with their scrum. The front rowers that came on last week got absolutely demolished by uh, George Bauer and the new fella from the Crusaders who made his debut. I forget his name, but he's pretty handy. But they looked like they weren't even trying and they were just getting penalty scrums, so, you know, just walking all over them. So the Highlanders, I think they have a bit of problem there with with the scrum. Um, obviously, they lost uh, their... I think they, they signed Ainsley from Australia, the prop, but he's been out... For, he's going to be out for the whole season now, so be interesting to see what happens there. Because the Highlanders, you know, southern men, uh, they pride themselves on the four packs. So, um, yeah, we'll see, we'll see what happens. Um, I think the backs, it's an interesting one. I was happened to be down in Dunedin, so I had a good yarn with some of the boys there. And, you know, a lot of them just taking their opportunity. They're still pretty young and, you know, just excited. And sometimes that's, you know, I think that's, that's why they're getting picked. You know, over the likes of Milner Scudder or um, someone a little bit more experienced just because um, they offer, you know, that, that young keenness, um, you know, uh, and they're taking their opportunity kind of thing. So, yeah, it's um, it's a hard one to pick. I don't know. Bring Gatlin Jotkoff full time, I reckon. <laughs> That would be a sight to behold. Um, just a quick comment from me on the Highlanders. Um, first off, I'm not sure if Tony Brown listens to my podcast, but he's gone with having Josh Iwani at 10 and pushing Mitch Hunt to fullback, which I was an advocate for prior to last Friday night. Yeah, I don't know. I thought they had something working really well at the back end of last year, and I thought that when Josh Iwani came on, he just added a different dimension. I feel like he's probably the better option taker um, between the two. Uh, not to say that Mitch Hunt's a bad one, but I feel like he flourishes more coming in as sort of like a second first receiver. Like if you look at that try that he set up with a nice set of hands where Connor Garden Bishop, um, you know, you talk about the young fellas taking their opportunity. I thought he was exceptional last week. Um, 
but you know just the lead up to that try by putting Nadahi into space you know I feel like that's the sort of role that Hunt's more adept to whereas I feel like yeah Josh Iwani's just better at pulling the strings from the get-go uh it's going to be a bit of a shock for a lot of people not seeing Aaron Smith uh, in the nine jersey for the Highlanders um, with Falao Vakatava getting his first start for the team. I liked what I saw from him, but for me, you know, Aaron Smith really is the key to the car that is the um, the Highlanders. And so I, it'll, yeah, it'll just be interesting to see how their attack goes, like whether or not there's more of an emphasis in having Iwani control little things, or maybe that's the reason why he's picked the 10-15 with having two game drivers on the field to take some of that pressure off Fakatava. But I think you bang on with the tight five there. They did well and truly get demolished in the scrums. Thankfully, their line-out looked the goods. They just couldn't convert it into points when they're inside the Crusaders 22. But I think when you're going up against a team like the Crusaders, who, like I mentioned last week, haven't conceded a try from a rolling mall in, in a number of years, I feel like they're probably going to have an easier task this weekend. And we'll probably see at least one dot, or you'd be hoping so, depending on how many times they kick for the corner. But um, yeah, similar to you, I'm not sure which way to go with this one. I'm actually going to pick the Chiefs because I feel like they don't have any pressure on them because it's like, well, hey, we're already on a losing streak. You know, people probably aren't expecting all that much from us. And yeah, I feel like they would have got a greater look um, at all the teams, you know, with having the bye week and even looking at um, the refereeing. So I'm not, yeah. I'm going to back the Chiefs, but there's also like a case of me being like, man, I hope they win so that way we know we have five, I guess, even teams in this competition rather than it being four and the one. But uh, yeah, we'll, we'll wrap that game up there and we'll roll on to the Crusaders and the Hurricanes, which was meant to be played on Saturday night, but has been pushed back to Sunday um, in the hope that the country gets brought back down to level one or all the regions outside of Auckland get brought back down to level one so that the Crusaders can have their fans there for their season opener. But I guess starting with the home side, discipline was a massive issue for them last week or it wouldn't have been one of the positives drawn from their Monday review. But um, in typical red and black fashion, they still found a way to win um, despite having two yellow cards and doubling the Highlanders' penalty count. But a lot of that could be made from their set-piece dominance and their ability to capitalise when it matters. So I guess just like as a question for you, bro, do you think that considering how well that Crusaders team defended with 14 men and their ability to take their opportunities when they're presented to them, do you think they can afford to play like how they did last Friday for the rest of the season or for, you know, a number of times during the season and still come away with a win? Mm. And that's why I, I compare them to the All Blacks. Hey, you know, like when the All Blacks have been on the opposite side of the whistle, or, you know, they haven't played a great game, they still find a way to win. And that's what, you know, it's the the mindset, the champion mindset, the winning mindset that they, they've they've developed down there. Hey, they're going to be there or thereabouts. It doesn't really matter what their penalty count is. I don't think they, they've got talent all across the board, so. Bro, um, it's, and, and the right mindset, it goes it goes a long way. It's annoying though, bro. Like I was saying to Matt last week, like anyone who has watched them over the years, you sort of get sicker than winning. But, you know, the fact that they had so many penalties blown against him, um, had two sim bins, although, you know, Scott Barrett is obviously at the end of the game. I didn't actually think Mwanga played that well. But, you know, like they get a little bit of spark from Severis out on the wing and you get a red-hot Cody Taylor, and it seems like that's enough on top of, you know, just dominating at scrum time. 
And like we mentioned, the fact that they can mm. bring on a guy like George Bauer, who's been with the All Blacks, and they have someone like a Ethan Blackadder come back from injury. Luke who, Romano. Yeah, Luke Romano on the bench. Mitch Drummond, who's been an All Black. You know, these guys they're bringing on. I mean, they don't even have Braden Enor or um, George Bridge to come back, you know, for a while. And David Havili wasn't playing, so they were playing like a, a relatively new fellow in Dallas, in, in Dallas McLeod. Play. Yeah, Will Jordan didn't play, so it's just like... They they still with all that going against them, they still find a way to hold a team to two tries despite having you know less than well, I guess sort of around that low forty mark uh, percentage wise uh, position. Like it, 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 I, it, it's really annoying. Like as someone who goes against them, but at the same time, like you can't help but tip your hat to them because it's like, mate, that's just a reflection of how bloody good a team or how well-oiled a machine they are. So, yeah, I mean, like, well, let's stop talking about them mm. because, like, if we do, like, I'm just going <laughs> to keep waffling on. But, yeah, rolling into the Hurricanes, bro, like we said, I don't think you can fault the Hurricanes' efforts um, last Saturday night. It was more so just the execution or even just their lack of creativity at times. I mean, they, they had enough of the ball. It was just more so they didn't do enough with it or really test the Blues' defence. And I mean, I've banged on about this, and I'm pretty sure I've chewed your your ear off about it, um, off the air, bro. And that's that. The Hurricanes are a relatively undersized pack. Well, in comparison to the four other teams, um, they aren't the biggest. And now knowing that, you know, how do the Hurricanes best go about combating that? Is it more so, you know, the the fours need to be a little bit more dynamic, or probably be um a little bit quicker with their cleanouts in terms of at ruck time to give guys like Nani and stuff, clean a ball? Or is it more so on the backs to get more involved to help get a bit of front football? It's definitely on their forwards, man. Um, I think that their scrum's going to get demolished, man. They're, yeah, they're, they're in trouble this weekend. Um, the Hurricanes probably have the worst props. Uh, like, Lomax is all right, but he's going to get done. The Crusaders are just that much better. But then again, they did beat them last year. So, you know, um, I don't know if the Crusaders are on, then it's, it's, a, it's a hard chain to stop. It um, doesn't matter if you're a sophomore more, you know, raging down the sideline. Um, <laughs> yeah, if the Crusaders are on, they're going to be tough. If the Crusaders are slightly off, they might have a chance. <laughs> Mate, I think if the Crusaders are slightly off like we saw last week, I don't think anyone still has a chance. I think you, you have to wish for a rainy day on their part but Mm. yeah the Hurricanes are a mixed bag in that way like you said I think when they have a bit of confidence and have some wind in themselves they can be a a weirdly tough team to beat when you when you look at some of the players that they have on paper especially in that forward pack but I feel like with the injection of Peter Umanga Jensen hopefully back into the starting lineup um, because I thought he made a real difference when he came on um, last weekend with about 20 to go Uh, like I mentioned last week how Nani had bugger all running meters, you know, despite him, you know, having somewhat of a presence in the game. I just think they need to find a way to get guys like him and then perhaps like Julian Sevilla and Geordie Barrett more involved to help maybe create a bit more space for the forwards or just, you know, put in the defense in two minds because especially in that second half, I thought that the Blues really did a number on them just with the ball. It was almost like Every time the Hurricanes went, you know, to to put it through the back, the Blues were cutting it off, and that's, I guess, a reflection of them not looking at that sort of inside pod or that stuff close to the ruck as a threat. 
Now, you know, I, as much as I like to claim I'm a rugby genius, um, I'm not privy to all of the stuff that they get on in training, but fingers crossed Jason Holland has come up with a game plan to combat what happened on Saturday night because, you know, I think as much as I like the look of that Blues team, I think that, well, well I know that that Crusaders team is a step above, and again, they have that experience across the park. So, yeah. Um, unfortunately, I think it's going to be two losses in a row for the Hurricanes and by double-digit points. Are you feeling the same way? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I am. Um, yeah, just, it, it's being played in Christchurch as well. It might be different. Oh, like They beat them in Christchurch, I guess, last year. But, yeah, I don't know. Is the Crusaders name any team yet? No, neither of the Hurricanes. I think they'll name it tomorrow. But, I mean, you mentioned the fact that the Hurricanes did beat them last year in Christchurch. But I think putting that into context, you had to think about how many games the Hurricanes had won in a row up until that point as well. Um, And I think that. How many times did the Crusaders lose two in a row at home to the same team? Never. Yeah, I mean, like, I might have to buy a lot of ticket the next day if the Hurricanes get it done. Like, I hope they do, you know, like, I, I love my Canes, man, but like I said, um, when I launched this podcast, I have to be real um, with my predictions, and if I were to put my money on anyone, unfortunately, it would be the Crusaders, and I think that's um, a sign for us to wrap this up, bro, because... Yeah, I hate talking about the Crusaders, and I just feel like I keep going back to them. But um, we'll I'll have to um get back to you uh on Monday to to recap it all. Hopefully, the Hurricanes have done a number on us and got the job done. But yeah, like we've both predicted, I feel like the Crusaders didn't get the job done, and then yeah, hopefully the Chiefs break their losing streak. So yeah, for now until Monday, bro. Um, stay safe, and I look forward to catching up with you then. Cheers, Jordan.